Welcome back to Black Our Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back for the second episode in the second season of Foundation. A Glimpse of Darkness was written by Jane Eppinson and David S. Goyer, directed by David S. Goyer as well. I really enjoyed this episode. I gave it a 9.8 out of 10. The pace was really well done between all of the storylines. And there's an interjection of humor as well as conflict and action. And I think they're doing a fantastic job of balancing those different aspects between scenes that really even worked better than it did the first episode. The cinematography just gets more and more awesome (laughs) and there's there's intrigue in the palace there is a little uh a little bumblebee just queen bee buzzing around i don't know who gonna get stung but someone has a fate waiting them that they are not going to like however will achieving her goal of stinging the stinging the recipient leads ultimately to her demise like many bees <laughs> they're supposedly supposed to be avoiding that fate like uh then why are you around me man why are you chasing me from th- this side of the of the parking lot to the other side it feels like you want to commit suicide and i don't want you to i don't like that feeling i think i'm a little allergic if i'm being honest let's get to the episode we pick up where we left off with harry pointing out that by condemning him as gail did she became his torturer and that he was conscious the entire time i'm sorry harry it's too late to say this reckoning felt more akin to a father chastising their less than like child <laughs> granted i don't think in his current form he could have enacted any physical violence but i'm sure he could have made getting off of that island planet Synax much harder or at any other time afterwards you know you could have just turned off the oxygen just to fuck with people uh but she points out you know i was going through some trauma of losing my baby daddy and he says actually he yells this made me laugh so hard take it up with rage <laughs> ultimate not my problem (laughs) i got problems with him too okay but uh you you uh you kind of took his place since you trapped me in that damn knife for 
138 years <laughs> or until no because he feels like he was recently moved yeah she even said as much so he was in the knife he knew everything everything i mean you kind of proven her point bruh betrayal is a biatch and not only and i know it's not really betrayal so to speak quote unquote but in a sense of there were things about you that you clearly kept from me even if it was for the better of there's still my feelings to be accounted for i still feel the way i do even if i understand why you did what you did and then she doesn't even fully understand that because i woke up after a hypersleep and i was in the middle of a fucking emergency not to mention the consciousness of my idol who i watched die in front of me watching the man i love stab him i mean i I just feel as if gail had some points in her argument of why she may have been emotionally unstable to make some rational calls gail points out that the plan is off course and he points the finger back in her direction as the second foundation wasn't created due to gail's decision not to go to his home world and begin it salver is confused and says the second foundation what do you mean by that he laughs when he realizes that the plan wrecker (laughs) y'all gonna have so many names in the book of history (laughs) the mother of mentalics uh let's see the plan wrecker the torturer of the prophet (laughs) he realizes in a sense gail is the daughter-in-law he didn't want and through raish's dna and him viewing him as a son salver is the granddaughter that he's much nicer too <laughs> and accepting of understandable because he too lost the son that he thought he was gonna have all this time and instead in that place is the the tool in a sense that he expected to follow in his path not to be the one that developed the next part of the plan that he wanted to continue his uh continue his journey with 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 a uh, race so they both lost the same person just in different ways and there's resentment but an understanding there but a far more anger on you know harry's side because gail had 138 years to sleep on some things (laughs) and she wasn't aware that he was conscious so we know she didn't do it on purpose she didn't want him to suffer and even he knows when he's accusing her of such things like oh you just didn't think you didn't think that you know 
my consciousness would be aware all that time while you were processing your emotions so i had to process process mine all volatilely losing my losing my uh sanity while you had a nice rest you look well rested young lady interestingly when salvor brings up they met before a la the vault harry points out that the harry that's in the vault and himself are different so far as their minds are concerned and that his foundation is creeping on conflict due to war coming with the empire and salvor says we need to help them ain't nobody got time for that so not only do we not know how he was able to split his consciousness he was able to do so voldemort holcrux style into different consciousness in the spoiler section because i listened to the foundation podcast for the first episode and david escoria was on there and said that the real question is what's in the vault and i have an answer for that based on my finishing of the last book and i also want to talk about that book so stick in the spoiler section if you want to hear my thoughts on that uh but back to the show the split of consciousness is interesting because they seem to be independent from each other also harding you you got a situation yourself going on that you need to work out and i don't know why you feel the need to be like we gotta go rush over here and help them hold on really i don't i don't know those people maybe they need to have what's happening to them happen we need to take a break from running headfirst into things you don't understand and i would have thought you would have learned that from season one okay you thought you were the chosen one you're the chosen child and you were not you were not you were helpful you were needed you were not the person that harry selden had set up for the things the trajectory has changed and your place in it while you're a natural born leader is is not clearly defined yet and i will wait for some more answers before <laughs> let's go help them but i guess in her mind I, and harry really was brutal when he said it later on to be fair to her you know she knows people there she thinks there's good people there she doesn't know that it's 138 years and everyone that she ever knew is dead well almost everyone she ever knew is dead and that the people that have taken over are in fact just as capable as the people as anyone else would be by the innate power or corruption that comes with power but she did save face when she redirected harry's anger at gail once again who was supposed to warn and keep a thumb on the sails the second foundation was 
of the empire finding them by pointing out if you mean to do anything about the second foundation i suggest we get on to the immediate issue of getting the hell out of here gail is far more mental and her daughter is much more physical and authoritative i uh, i think i stated leader that is curious because i've not at any point felt as if gail even though we learned that that is the position in which uh harry was going to utilize her for the next or the first crisis my my gut says that her proximity and closeness with harry probably gave her more power and credibility as you know any of the disciples in the bible who was you know chilling with jesus christ before the whole crucifixion thing so the inner circle of harry selden would of course be the ones that would have the most voice in the first crisis and how that was handled despite uh it working in salvor's favor i'm still working this out in my mind but i'm curious to know if that difference between the two how much of that was thought out because it complements both of them as stated before uh homegirl needs a little bit of a leash before she just runs into shit <laughs> but gail needs to be a little bit more authoritative and physically imposing because when we talk about that scene later on it's like well i'm having a hard time buying that gail is any type of threat to anyone ever you ain't gonna do shit love you boo but your characterization is your characterization once harry clears the fault uh sour goes outside to clear the coral from the engine drive as a tsunami rises once clear she gives her daughter a hug thought the scene was beautiful in the sense that we got to see a huge tsunami (laughs) and the the rise of them coming through the clouds and seeing the sunshine i'm sure there's some metaphors there (laughs) like they're gonna go through choppy waters and but they're gonna rise from the yeah but other than that um I don't know if I needed her to go outside (laughs) other than if we were meant to make I think it was a characterization choice because I thought the the issue with the fault was enough plus last episode we had the whole swimming under the water type of danger between them another one just felt it felt uh tropish on the planet Sawana, in the outer reach of the planets, 
it's here we meet brothers of the new religion that harry selden's foundation has created in a sense this planet here is one the empire no longer has a foothold in having left eons ago or years ago due to being unfriendly towards outsiders brother constant on her way back with her animal beck find that cleric reese has been strung up as well as murder something brother we find out later is polly from season one who never got to plant his flag i find before she's well she found the the one brother and then she went to wake brother drughead i'm in love with the coco i'm in love with the coco so they're kind of like the priests that went out to spread the religion to recruit those to the foundation very unique way of unique but not in the history of mankind (laughs) how the introduction of a religion and new technology go hand in hand especially when it comes to it comes to any type of superior technology it's a warning not to encroach on existing religion that's on the planet which revolves around lightning though they still are going to go present tonight and they need to wear their auras because he says make sure they're charged and that's a big deal considering the only person we've seen this tech on is the empire or not empire well we call him empire but you know what i mean the cleonic emperors and even those have been uh, currently deactivated to allow harm speaking of day admires a muriel of a dynasty past from father to son father to daughter that lasted longer and further than their own cleonic dynasty he remarks upon this when demoiselle approaches him this shows that this isn't some whim for him despite feeling as if he's going through a midlife crisis (laughs) with the earring trying to be hip and cool there's a introspective side to him that when he's alone he shares openly and lovingly even with demrazel this isn't a ploy to show strength but a deep desire to begin his own actual genetic legacy ushering in what he believes is an innovation and what he now feels in his own essence is a stale existence 
especially in the face of we're not even the same great man that we were supposed to be. And while this certainly has uh, presented some challenges going forward in the dynasty, as we see at the dinner table and maintaining some synchronicity, I feel as if this day may be the first one that has definitively wanted to do something about what was happening. Demerzel tells him that his brothers passed the test. They were getting their minds probed to see if they had hired the assassins. However, there is a loophole that just because they passed the test about not remembering or not hiring the assassins that is because they would not be able to remember it like they erased their memories of hiring the assassins i don't know why i feel like that's going to come into play later on but they introduced the idea that you can erase your own memories of what you may have put in motion she also says they only interacted with their normal circle and that just reminded me of the statement that they made in the first episode about how we are surrounded more and more by people who come here that we need to cater to so who is all in their normal circle she also erased the memories of their sexual interaction with the medical staff which that would explain why no one would know she's a robot because there was an allusion to the idea that Demerzel was just a clone like everyone else and that makes a lot more sense there is a genuine affection as referenced previously down to the amount of time she knows he'll rant about her choice to send someone named bell rios to spy on the foundation and to dismantle it or i'm not sure if they're going to start war with it despite the fact that the man disobeyed the empire previously when he insisted on pure annihilation instead of maybe a less murderous route which has earned him the moniker of hero with demerzel she remains one of the most mysterious even from what i know of the books which i don't honestly can't rely on when it comes to this portrayal of said character because there are clear differences but i think that to understand her is to know her history which we don't know and that leaves everything she does in the current questionably motivated (laughs) we have the initiation of sex that happens to be on the night that an assassination was planned an assassination which could have been easily successful if she were not there did she set that in motion or did she know about it and this was her way of killing two birds with one stone because day is certainly further 
isolating his brothers and listening to her counsel and her counsel alone we saw that in the first episode and now we see it in this episode i think that once again breeds resentment then we have the way in which she knows that it would bother him that others would know that they were doing what they were doing because he innately realizes on some moral level it's absolutely wrong you know no one fucks their nanny (laughs) just i mean no (laughs) in no context is it okay unless i guess if you're single but yeah but even then you're not screwing the woman that raised you you would it would be the parent y'all get where i'm going with this Uh, but that that intimacy that they have for each other how much is that manipulated how much is that emotionally driven we last saw her in episode 10 of season one ripping her face off after having to kill dawn she was in a state of torturous agony uh, and that on the heels of the loss of her religion the loss of her faith what does that what is that and how does that change her relationship with this dynasty could it be that the one he trusts the most is the one that he should trust the least or has she been emotionally compromised in a way that she will always put the dynasty first even even in light of because she doesn't seem particularly bothered by queen sarah or his impending marriage unlike everyone else she's not even protesting and i I tried to read her face in this scene when he says that's why i'm more committed than ever to this marriage and also why he probably allows queen sarah her free tongue because he's both fascinated and annoyed in the same manner that he would interact with Demerzel because Day even says no she has a a mind that is capable of analyzing and that's something that he would have been raised to find admirable despite the other well most particularly (laughs) Dusk um taken aback by it but I don't think that they're all taken aback by it in the same manner. Uh, but they all react in a, in a different way. I listen to Bald Move because I love them. <laughs> and it was brought up. I can't wait to listen to them after this episode. But in the last episode, it was brought up that this is rather, you know, maybe stupid of her not really cautious and while i can't disagree because i was like she wildin', and i expected far more sleuth she seems to be 
surprising even her staff with her boldness the rue chick but my point was empire is the one that offered empire is the one that's committed so essentially he is in the role of being the courter while she is in the role of being courted which gives her a little bit more leverage to be bold so while he didn't expect that uh, because he probably expects most women to fall into his lap because that's what he has been given most of his entire life her being astute and understanding and even maybe an equal to him is a tantalizing aspect and it is something that he's being drawn into once again (laughs) uh, as someone who knows the emperor well or maybe this is something someone astutely would pick up from afar looking into what would get the emperor's attention so it doesn't necessarily mean that demoiselle is involved she did linger on that photo i could not see a resemblance between her and the woman in the photo but possibly i would think if you were someone who was that famous in time you would be somewhat remembered but then i'm thinking probably not if tutankhamen was walking around i wouldn't be like i know him because you know most of those statues and shit wasn't even the real people (laughs) not truly their likeness that didn't come into play until a little bit later and even then they lied because you know that one with the Habsburg jaw you know he wasn't looking any bit as as stable as that picture made him out to be but it also could be someone she used to know a previous dynasty she led until she was faced with this lot this nightmare living nightmare (laughs) Uh, and there's something to the idea of when women ruled they were far more successful and long-lasting rulers and there there may be just a bit of inspiration from that maybe maybe Demrazel is inspired and has found a new religion to so to speak because that's brought up a lot right religion is very much tied to purpose it's very reminiscent of the real world so i love all of this deep dive into every one of these characters finding out what their purpose is and how it motivates them while puppeteering this idea of an allusion to magic or the supernatural even though in fact there is supernatural involved (laughs) so there's a lot of things in in the gravy that smell tasty to me so that, that this could be anything um there's so many ways i think those two are the easiest ones to to point out but you know even if it's not 
anything to do with that. Just her having this idea that, you know, I put my faith in this man and look what hath created. (laughs) And this woman that she saw last season who was so, uh, so much that she admired, uh, and then she had to murder. That's got to play on your psyche. Even if you are a sentient robot, because you have to have some emotion. I know, I guess you don't have to have, but it's clear that Demerzel has emotion. She has a love of the empire, but has that love been stretched too far? I got my eyes on you. She could also just be playing it really close to vest and preparing to take down all of Empire's enemies in one fell swoop. And she's being quiet because she's like, I got this shit. (laughs) That could also very much be the case. Dusk, I swear, he lives to berate all of Day's decision making. Don't you lecture me with your $30 haircut. He's like a disappointed father. He disagrees on the Belarus or Bel Rio situation as his fleet is loyal to him. If they turn, that's going to be a problem. He also thinks he should remain a prisoner. So I'm guessing that's where he's been all this time. And he did tell Demerzel either he helps or we kill him. So it doesn't feel as if he's going into this with his own great ambitions all the while there is a routine coach (laughs) tasking them to do better because they need to be in sync and that's how far they have deviated from each other that they have different habits day says as the prime it would be better if you follow if they follow my lead Dust replies, DNA is easy, habits are hard. Despite everyone's acceptance that they are out of sync, it feels as if Day has strayed the furthest out of them in these past generations. I could be wrong on that, but due to the reaction, because previously I would have assumed that Demerzel just killed all the ones that strayed too far from their path, but that's not enough evidence of it it's still on the table but pushed towards the end almost about to fall off but it due to how much this is being able to be played out with him not being decanted yet (laughs) and then us going through the whole process of what decanting means another one of those premonitions that might come out a little bit later i i kind of feel like day has taken things way further than any has tried before and with demerzel's lack of response to everything that's happening (laughs) it just feels like a cork ready to burst at least dusk is able to get his point across because dawn tries to reference history and is diminished as a historian aka nerd why you being a dickhead fool 
last time he summoned him to be his literal crutch and treated him like an indulged child and now he doesn't even allow him to have an opinion about anything in regards to and you saw the last day he he wanted to include dawn on the day-to-day affairs so that he could be properly trained and this day is pretty much i've already moved on (laughs) you are my shadow stay there and do not speak day leaves happy that he's getting married so that this won't be a thing going forward as the sham is to show unity to the queen that they're still in sync it feels like a burden to him he's tired of pretending he wants his own truth and i was like bro you acting like um airs can't be popped off though maybe you do need to listen to the historian about what happens to heirs even family members <laughs> back on the beggar salver asked why she didn't create gail the second foundation and i wanted gail to say because these facts weren't lined up in a mathematical equation i could understand on top of the love of my life dead i felt whole with him and he was gonna leave me he did leave me (laughs) he died (laughs) but otherwise he would have uh taken a 138 year dirt nap and never said goodbye instead she uh settles for i don't know we also got the conclusion or she also got the conclusion that she had psychic powers she readily admits she couldn't separate the man from the math but that harry does keep secrets which is true he ain't tell nobody yet that the radiant is sentient to be fair he's still kind of mad has some anger he needs to work through (laughs) uh but we'll see by by the season's end if he reveals anything about where he was told to go or if he's just gonna go there and not include the other two harry saunters into their conversation like he wasn't listening outside the door (laughs) and it's like gail i'm not hiding anything you have the radiant you can dissect it all you want granddaughter of mine salvar to understand is to know what the second foundation was meant to do because while you think those people are just good that's when he said all those people are dead that the second foundation is pretty much another chantor unless it is kept in check by a second foundation that's when gail remarks that yeah the second foundation was supposed to be the ones who studied psychohistory the psychohistorians while the first foundation was all of the empire building so to speak i think i have that just about right even though i don't know if terminus needs to be any more prepped for war than it already is with the empire (laughs) 
<laughs> because Gail, though, since what was going to happen that night that Raish killed Harry, she caused everything to go off track. And to her credit, she owned her fault and focuses not on what what she already did, but what she could do to fix things by first assessing or accessing that memory she had in the future which is i suppose her future self which is why she's able to access them like you can't access a memory that hasn't already happened which would also mean that she either dies this day or she survives even further savar can recall Raish and gail's past so i suppose she has access to both of their memories completely i'm not sure how this comes into play but i think that they are going to have a purpose with each other she needs to project her consciousness once she shows harry the radiant 150 years into the future which is the turning point despite her believing she would be dead harry points out you do have a habit of taking long naps little bitch back at the palace on trantor at dinner a few things i noticed about dawn he says thank you to the staff and unlike day he begins the conversation with some flattery in regards to her her homeland and wants to know more about it which uh, leads to an offer of visiting and going I guess ice skating as they would call it <laughs> on methylene ice. I don't know about that. But he's trying to show a personal interest. However, <laughs> both Day and Dust aren't inclined. They make a joke about the knees. She wonders if they can't just decant a clone and take their knees. Okay, what? I don't give a fuck. Rue over there like, I can't take this child nowhere. Can't take her absolutely nowhere. But I don't know what Rue's role is here. Because when she was on the on the plane, let's just call it that, ship. She's all, oh, they'll, un they, they, they'll underestimate you. You thought she was an ally, but she doesn't feel as much as she's an ally in the sense that she supports the queen directly but more that she supports this marriage i don't know i can't tell with her but she seemed genuinely surprised at her queen's tactic which if they were communicating she should not be she does say you know chill out <laughs> in so many non-words but empire finds seraph's curiosity becoming and allows her questions such as if the assassination attempt succeeded yesterday would he or anyone notice any difference between them and the person that they decant him as Day asks how she learned of the attack and she tells him it was a rumor until he confirmed it. She also points out there are other rumors such as they don't feed themselves. 
she does a good job of mixing up the serious with the playful making it seem as she's someone that is in not uh interrogating that's the word i'm looking for she's not interrogating them but she is then she plays the flirt it's not so much tossing bombs to see what kind of damage she cost uh, causes but tossing bombs to see if it creates any chaos she wonders at their loss of genetic assurance if they marry but he knows that it will be a different kind of assurance to have children to which she replies yes enough children even a zeppelin crash can't disrupt the line Des replies we are very sorry for your losses you lie you lie there is something about the way she brought this up and looked at day and the solemnness in which dust said we are sorry for your losses because prior he was remarking about how she was the one that probably orchestrated this but in this moment he even if he is just being (laughs) playing the part day doesn't even try he's just like yeah 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 what he said (laughs) but she kind of pointedly put it in day's direction and he almost seems surprised that she would bring it up and she further elaborates because she could have just let the awkwardness pass that her older sister was the one that was trained to be a princess her brother was a member of the hussars while she was a dilettante someone who basically pursued art music sport until the loss of her family and she says it in a bitterness that doesn't convey i orchestrated the murder i lost them and now i have the weight of the world on my shoulders a weight i was not prepared to handle and in empire's mind he's like oh yeah i'll be i'll be your freaking guidance star offer you all the assistance you need her smile definitely seems to hide a certain anger or maybe resentment she turns her attention to dawn and wonders how he feels about being displaced but he remarks i will have gained a sister and she says is that what i'll be because <laughs> the way your eyes is on my titties that is not how you have been thinking about me at night they certainly has peeped the admiration however once again seraph wonders after playing the you know coy part if assassination via procreation is any better than simply being assassinated then asked to see the clones like if i'm cutting the branches off the tree can i see the branches she also calls them uh bodies in a jar or something to that effect which definitely makes it makes dawn feel uncomfortable because 
he's not just this thing. And despite what he tried to deny today in the first episode, when he said, don't you feel like an individual? And Dawn rejected that. I think there may be seeds planted there for him thinking differently. Demerzel, who declined the offer to sit, steps forward at the offer to, or the request to see the clones, but even more charmed, Day agrees to escort her himself, giving her permission to call him by his first name. That's got to be weird. You know, your brother is crushing and then you walking off with the crush, but they are supposedly the same person. (laughs) What was that look between Rue and Demerzel, though? She is stuck between shocked at Seraph, seemingly talking herself out of marriage and conspiring. In the Principilium? Seraph meets Cleon the first and comments on how she imagined he'd be lying down and that he must be tired being this long on his feet and then he says maybe we'll get him a chair and she says I meant through the clones which would explain why he's so worn out which is uh I think a dig at his age (laughs) if not it felt like it She then asks which one would have replaced him before quoting a poem. Rejoice his shame remains unknown that he had almost sat a throne from a book that the empire long outlawed. I'm disrespectful as the fuck. I did not at all look up where that quote is from. (laughs) It's one of those things. I will will go ahead and let the... The podcast for the show tell me all about tell me all about but this is another aspect that she throws in his face one she quotes something from something he has outlawed but never read himself and secondly her rebelliousness is very much thrown in his face and instead of being a little bit more i don't know (laughs) perceptive or i don't know because it almost seems like he is but then by the end of this interaction it feels like he's sucked back in under you know she's rather i wouldn't say harmless because she comes out with a lot of thorns uh so the the word underestimate i i suppose i'm not truly seeing that particular trait be really that prevalent only in the sense that he's not taking her questions with the uh, right amount of ah uh, what is the word i'm looking for just wariness than he could be day reveals he struggles between him and they when he's talking about how the version of himself if he were to be assassinated are given 
all of his memories, even the ones that he creates up into the moment that he is killed to spare them that mercy. And she says, is it the son? Because they can't think of any other word for it. But he says we call them exponents. He also says they will be easy to end once their footsteps, uh, little footsteps in the palace. So once again, this idea of children, this idea of new uh new genes new life really taking over in place of this self-imposed kind of hell that he feels he's condemned to and then having no type of emotional connection to the idea of this no longer going forward he's happy to put it behind him he tells her also because i got good news for you we tested your dna via your drinking glass (laughs) and there are little chances of genetic disorders in our offspring (laughs) it's like when did you do that you could have just asked me and i would have spat for your scientists she then asks are you expecting intercourse come on let's talk about sex baby He's once again shocked and charmed by her brashness. And I think it goes back to because another uh, point of that I wanted to make because not only just based on he's the one that is the. Oh, gosh, there's another word for quarter because that doesn't sound like the right word. <laughs> As the pursuant uh whatever but there's also this idea with men in power that they're more attracted to the women that are not afraid of them not afraid to push buttons there's something about being told yes all the time and he even says it when he's talking or having sex with Demerzel. like no 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 don't don't turn into a sex kitten I want something unique. I want something that's just you. And I think that's the appeal too that she may be playing into, most likely playing into. Like if I come in and I'm just, you know, oh, empire and this, that, and the other thing, he's probably even going to be more suspicious of me than if I came in or how do I really get his attention? Like that'll just put all the cards in his deck and, and he'll, it will just brush through everything depending on what she's got going on i don't know yet and i don't have any i don't have any predictions (laughs) um so yeah i think that's a part of the lure for him is in the acceptance of her talking to him like this because no one has talked to him like this and you you always find yourself uh attracted to the thing you say you don't want (laughs) and i think this uh well-spoken well-educated 
she's making herself even more the prize and we see that when he says well one uh i would like to foster an emotional bond by quoting empress ravina who said it was essential though public consummation seems cruel to the public so he tries to make a joke with her but while he's behind her he does allow his his little bit of there's something coming through there there there's a twist of emotions going on right there's his lust of course that's the first thing but there's a like he sees her as a dagger that he needs to watch out for but he can't seem to not but he doesn't really look at it maybe there's the underestimation point like he knows like mm, she's a bit of a a uh, a bit of a poisonous snake but i got the antidote so and i got demerzel so she's not a problem to me uh but i thought it was telling that he would want to foster an emotional bond because that's not required for (laughs) children or dynasties to follow it's funny because the church used to preach before the victorian age about how a woman's satisfaction was essential for for procreation and then it became all about the man a woman is meant to not even show or express feelings of desire but for the longest that was considered the purest and best form of a successful relationship but i do think that somewhere within day there is because i mean i kind of feel like he's in love with demerzel but i think that his love for demerzel is caught up in a a lot of other emotions (laughs) the the huge is being that she has far more control in said relationship but i was surprised to to say the least that he would want to foster some type of emotional bond and um she points out once again that say this room is empty and there's children because he also says well i do want our dna to be put in a lab together as well so that we have you know backups on backups (laughs) so he wants to essentially as i stated previously replace the current system with his own genetic dynasty going forward there can be only one smart girl like i said just because there are children in this room does not mean that they will not be assassinated that's not a deterrent his empire is shrinking and she makes no qualms about that she doesn't say it in a question look i'm not fooled by what you're trying to tell me and that oh my discipline of what happened yesterday is going to deter any further attempts on my life or the life of my children that is a very naive thing to say and she just doesn't have it so she just goes in uh and they have their little back and forth 
And she's like, come on now. Cause it's like, you have it. She's like, do you? Cause rumors are the genetic line is corrupted and it would explain why you have an interest in my unexploited womb. I'm a boss ass bitch, 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 bitch. I do love Queen Seraph. She has, <laughs> I think that she's doomed maybe only because I too am underestimating her or think she's overconfident. Uh, I can see that, but I think sometimes when you are the most obvious target that all attention is focused on you that you may not be paying attention to other things going on so there's a strategy to this strategy and i just need to i'm curious to cement which one fell into play about her current actions and we're not going to know that until things play out but she's a fascinating character i love how she kind of goes from playful to very serious even uh a little dark <laughs> but then quickly turns that around she gives a little bit of attention to dawn but she certainly has day in her in her uh in her focus and I think if I have to take a guess, because I'm thinking about Empire, I'm thinking about Day's anger, I'm thinking about how much he would have had to keep things in check. I'm wondering if he did something and then his mind was erased to have done that thing. And now because there was affection when she spoke of her brother and her sister that's not to say you can't kill anyone that you love but you're less likely to kill someone that you love <laughs> um and so with that introduced in this episode i'm just gonna go out on a limb based on his his uh track record that he made a snap decision to do something and may have decided Demrazel take that memory away from me. I don't want to have that memory. And he did it because he probably it would have probably gotten in the way of him marrying her. Like he's the one that orchestrated her to be the available one to marry because of the fact that she was incapable of ruling and then he shows up like a knight in shining armor because day is a little psycho like that i think for all his introspection he still is one of the most indulged uh <laughs> vindictive still man childs that that we have seen on the show and just because he has moments of clarity doesn't mean he himself isn't his worst enemy that's one of my two theories to to think about <laughs> and probably won't come true back on Sawine, brother constant tries to preach the gospel of the new religion and i must say the choice to turn it into effectively a magic show using a stealth ship 
yeah i could see why he said later on i didn't agree to do the magic and the illusion of some greater power than i have when honestly it's just something we created that others don't have the access to or have never seen before so these protective fields are what protect uh <laughs> brother constant when she announces at dusk that they are going to give a give a lecture or recruitment I, I, this is it's a lot when it happens <laughs> all i kept thinking was harry is not gonna like this when he finds out i think this is what he was trying to avoid right so right as she's about to be attacked by the the town lightning folks here comes the cleric he is able to to make a fool out of the one guy he doesn't hurt him he just picks him up and tosses him into some water he uh gets the other people to start believing in the idea of this foundation helping them out all they have to do is accept uh, harry selden in your heart and souls and once you're part of the faith you are you're essentially a part of the foundation part of terminus and everything that it has to offer he then flies up in the sky with <laughs> brother constant on the ship that no one can see while this is successful somewhat they get a message from terminus that the vault open and the second crisis is now upon them something that yes polly our polly is concerned about because while he kind of wished the prophet would come back he really started to believe that wasn't the best idea back on the beggar salver offers to be gail's voice to help her find her way back but gail cannot now i don't think that hugo's alive right he's dead his name was mentioned in this episode and they did show polly who's still alive after 138 years he was already what 10 or 12 so he's been alive for 150 something and they mentioned about how hugo was way older than he should have been because of the fact that he he's a race i just don't think that we're seeing hugo again <laughs> but it's possible in canon gail cannot access her her power though unless she is under stress and since synaxian stated that they can open their inner eye once they cannot breathe and i was like oh so is this a trait of the synaxians are the synaxians the mentalics those that finally found some uh knowledge that read books kind of tying back into that storyline and then they decided to move to another world knowing that this world uh, that synaxon was going to be doomed to be drowned she realizes she needs to deprive herself of oxygen so harry shuts off the room 
and Sauber puts on a mask. The transition was great. She is called out Gail by name before being struck down by some electric weapon. She also was shooting back. She picked up a gun. The man picks her up. He had goggles on. There's a lot of destruction, death, despair. (laughs) And he remarks, you're all alone. Where are your warriors, your mentalics? Also, where's the second foundation? Sussing out when he looks inside of her mind that she is a younger version of herself, possibly from the age of Empire and Halber Mallow, who effectively strikes a blow to the Empire, which further weakens it. I like the introduction of this type of storytelling because I did wonder how they were going to make these seasons when they stretch out of long stretches of time in the book from what I understand. And I'm only on the prequels still. (laughs) So this feels like a good storytelling device to be able to to give us a little bit of a time frame we're going to be working on to course correct things that attach it to canon but it it keeps the essence as they stated and makes certain changes the correlation being between the clones of Cleon, who is essentially now a god, and then Harry Selden, who's got multiple consciousness running around, and he too is considered a god. Now we have the introduction of the Radiant. There's some ingredients here, and I'm curious on what the recipe is going to be. Sauber brings her back and she tells them a man called the mule. I'm going to say it wrong all the time. The mule, the the mule. (laughs) I feel like I'm saying it wrong, but that's what I, that's what you get with a Ohio accent. He is the impending doom that is going to destroy the future. It's also a mentalic like herself and salvor and while he has conquered the empire he's still not satisfied he wants and fears the second foundation harry's like yeah we still make one (laughs) now where is it so we can get on that chop chop she recalls it's on the planet ignis that just happens to be close by and she and salvor can hear their welcome to the planet so they set a course for it it feels very fated I would have been more concerned about the man looking into her mind and her knowing the location in him, possibly now knowing the location in the future. But it was never clarified if he got that information from her or if she just since she knew it. Back on Terminus, once they get there, Polly and Constant. I guess I'm supposed to call her brother Constant. 
because he's the last survivor of anyone who interacted with the prophet harry selden he has a place at the council table but that place is minuscule and basically a prop he is a uh a mascot (laughs) to be utilized for the public because of his connection to to the prophet they called him into this meeting to tell him that the warden is going to approach the prophet and have a chat ask him to have a private chat despite polly insisting it be him since he is the only one to or will be able to explain what has become of this place and all the things that were done in his name he is told by Amrick that you haven't seen the shit we've been developing in the temple lately. You should probably come by. And he points out why, because more people will be taxed. You'll get your cut. Do you even believe in the prophecy? Yeah, I believe in the prophet. Which one? I need you to spell it for me. <laughs> But the tech they they need requires money and while they thank him in the most benign way for contributing he's only recruitment and it recruitment doesn't seem as uh as much as a enlightened or a high position as i would think it is um but that also goes back to a lot of modern history and uh so he is basically shut down and he even says like i would get rid of you but she wouldn't like it and i'm thinking she is brother constant that happens to be amrick's daughter who has a boyfriend who looks like he isn't part of the family despite her calling him part of the family (laughs) warden asks for harry to appear when they go out to the vault uh polly says that i never got to plant my flag he still has it when he kneels and he asks to speak with the man the vault lights up and he thinks that's an invitation to enter wrong 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 you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong warden takes this as a sign uh he gives this speech about boldly going into the world and learning the future from the man himself (laughs) however he is lifted up and not the way he wanted to be in the sign of the cross before being incinerated he yells out as he's dying hober mallow and it appears on the vault oh now you fucked up now you fucked up now you fucked up you have fucked up now now you fucked up now you fucked up now you fucked up we of course have to end the episode on an omen salvor wakes to find gail alone i wonder what harry's doing (laughs) she finds her in the cockpit 
and she admits that she didn't tell her everything she actually saw salvor dead and this is totally where the episode is going to end <laughs> so a lot of great things i am really excited to see us meet the quote-unquote mentalics i need to know more about what demerazel's doing i am curious to know how the <laughs> foundation is going to take their warden being i thought that actor was going to be in here much longer that was one of those uh deep blue sea moments when samuel jackson was making a speech and then and then the shark came out and ate him <laughs> So I end up laughing more than I should have. And thus, there are people there that it might take this as a sign of, oh man, we pissed off the prophet and some others may think maybe we should turn against the prophet. I'm not clear on how it's going to go. But I think Brother Constant being the daughter of the very unlikable Amrick causes us a little bit of conflict because she's of course someone we're rooting for and he's not and then getting back to the empire in itself <laughs> i don't know what can happen but i am gonna quickly because this is too long so i'm probably not going to go into any book details but i am going to give my last prediction but i'm going to put it under spoilers so if you are saying goodbye my social media will be below. Like, share, subscribe if you want to send feedback. Blackercouch at gmail.com. And I'll see you next time. Peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Spoilers. 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 So I was not thinking about us going in the vault, if there's anything in the vault, until I was listening to the official podcast for the show so it's not like it's uh you know it was hidden but you know people don't like certain things plus what i'm about to say is technically really spoilery so from the books he brought up a question being what is in the vault as far as if you go into the vault what are they going to see where does it lead and i am thinking that the vault leads to um it leads to the library of Trantor. I think that Harry's other consciousness has been in that library. And based on my knowledge from the prequel, it's going to be that consciousness that takes over as prime minister for Demerzel by the end of this series to calm everyone down since he has a much more long-reaching approach uh to keep things stabilized because it's not time yet for for the fall to happen because everybody's like war with empire war with empire but i think the point is to avoid war with empire as much as possible because what's coming after it is too much of a destabilization i believe or too much of a lack of oversight because she makes a point in this episode crap i forgot to bring up but i'll bring up next time 
um, of how little oversight and free reign is kind of the best way. And it reminds me of the character. That's why I thought she would be some, uh, pretty much some remix of that character that we got. And I can't remember her name right now. <laughs> it's been a while. And, and the first one that was taken away, uh, I'm wondering if she's going to do something like that. Like she's being all brash and whatever, whatever, because she's really behind the scenes getting prepared to, because she mentions in this episode an uprising that she's already, because they said she has a military force like his. And if she's looking for revenge, I think there has to be a reason for that. And I think him killing her family is that reason. But I think kind of like in the in the book she's not going to succeed because of the combination of Demerzel and Harry but I do think maybe the other one Dawn might take more of a liking to the idea of himself being what Day is trying to do so that's my only other prediction mainly it was about the the library being where the vault led because i thought that would be uh true to book form but i didn't want to say it on a podcast because it's kind of only my guess because i know that about the book so there you go once again peace hair grease black magic <laughs>